feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, the judge refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh God, as we consider this passage today, we pray for insight and understanding on what this means, who you are, who we are, and what kind of relationship you're calling us into with you, with ourselves, and with each other. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, it's great to see everyone again here today, and uh, it is a sad day. Thank you for that uh, memoriam, Alex, on RBG. And I'm really excited to uh, know that we have a candidate in Jacqueline to uh, take her place. So, I mean, amen to that. Well, we are continuing our sermon series here looking at the parables of the kingdom. And our parable today is actually the climax of a longer section on faithfulness at the time when Jesus returns again. And so it goes back actually into chapter uh, 17 of Luke 18, of Luke 8, I'm sorry, of Luke. Uh, so we read Luke 18, but we're looking back at 17 as well. And in 17, uh, it says this, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. People will tell you there he is, or here he is, but don't go running off after them. For the Son of Man in his day will be like lightning, which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. So Jesus says, a time is coming when you will long to see him in person, but you won't see him. In fact, you will be tempted to run off in every direction looking for him or looking for something to believe in. So the context of our parable today is a warning that desperate and discouraging times will come where Jesus' presence won't be easily discernible and where we'll be tempted to look in other places for something to believe in, for something to trust in. Now, I don't know about you, but it feels like we are in just such a time as this now. I mean, some of us are feeling pretty desperate, pretty discouraged. The pandemic still rages. Our politicians can't seem to stop arguing with each other long enough to get anything done. The global Christian church keeps disappointing us with all kinds of news of Christian personalities who fail us. And on top of that, we all have our own faults that are only laid bare the longer we are sequestered alone or with our close-knit group of family and our friends that we're sequestered with. And so this parable has, I think, particular relevance for this moment 
in human history. For those of us who are longing for justice, longing for the world to be made right. Now, Jesus' teaching here in this parable is actually very, very simple. In fact, it's one of the few parables where the, 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 the meaning is identified right at the beginning. Be tenacious in asking God for justice, especially in the midst of a present ordeal. Don't give up on God. That's the message of the parable. It says it right at the beginning of the parable. Jesus himself says it, and he says, pray with persistence. Pray, don't give up on prayer, don't give up on God. And so we're actually reminded of several insights about God and the nature of prayer as we think about what Jesus is saying here. First of all, there are rules of engagement that God abides by in his engaging with us. We've talked about this uh, many times uh, before, especially during this time of pandemic, that there are rules of engagement that God abides by in engaging with us, both as individuals and with the human race. Now, secondly, prayer permits God, based on the rules of engagement, to act in ways that he would not or could not act without our express permission. And finally, God is eager to implement justice in this broken world and on behalf of those who are facing injustice. God wants to see justice happen. Uh, There are rules of engagement that God abides by because of free will, and prayer allows God to do things that he wouldn't or couldn't do because of those rules of engagement. So all of these are things that we're reminded of in this text about uh, prayer. And so Jesus is adamant. Be persistent. Don't give us up. Be tenacious. Now, the problem is that, of course, of course, uh, is that being persistent is difficult, (laughs) to say the least. Uh, I mean, we are tired of waiting for justice, tired of waiting for the world to be made made, uh, right. God's timeline is so wildly different than our own that it can be discouraging to be tenacious. I mean, it's easy to give up. And in so many areas, other areas of our life, we have instant access to what we need. But when it comes to God's activity, things often seem to take forever and it's frustrating. And so we get impatient and we give up. Uh, We also are inconsistent in identifying injustice, what's right and wrong. We we really have a deficient moral compass. When justice is absent for so long in a broken world, we can start to lose our moral compass and be confused about what true justice is for everyone. Good people, quote, good people, therefore, argue against other good people about issues of justice. I mean, how can this be? Well, the problem is we are all messed up. I mean, some of us have a very clear sense of morality and justice on some issues and a terrible sense of justice on other issues. We are messed up. We, in fact, we are innately inconsistent and paradoxical. It's part of the human problem. Finally, we, we have a tenacious belief that it's in our own power to fix things. Like we can somehow fix the problems. You know, this election season is certainly indicative of that. Every politician, 
every politician at every level of government right now who is getting ready to be elected in November, every politician is making the case as to why electing them is the only solution to fixing the problems of their area of influence. But listen, politicians aren't the only ones to blame for this. Most of us all have this little bit of self-obsession. If only I can start doing this better or that better, then I'll be able to create a world for myself or others that is truly just, that is truly right. So we have this sense that, you know, we can get it done on our own if we need to. And so we aren't persistent in faith because we're not sure that we need to be. We might be able to fix this thing on our own. That's the, that's the internal voice that many of us wrestle with. You know, you know being, being, praying to God, so it's a good thing. It's a good thing and I'll do it, you know, when I can't do it on my own. But otherwise, I'm going to try to get it done on my own. And so we have this sense that we can get it done on, on our own. You know, I, I Googled uh, how to be persistent. Wanted to see what Google had to say. I, I like this one, a list, six ways to be more persistent. Are you ready? Here we go. First of all, identify your wants and desires. That's step one, according to one website. Secondly, determine your motivation. Great. Third step, outline your definite action step. Fourthly, keep a positive mental attitude. Finally, build your mastermind group and then develop discipline and habit. Those are six strategies, six steps uh, to, to uh, being more uh, tenacious. That's great advice. <laughs> I mean, what a great list, huh? I love the last one. Develop discipline and habit. But what happens to these solutions when they don't work? Not because they aren't good, but because you aren't good. Then what hope do we have? I mean, I love six steps to bring more tenacious, but what happens when you can't do it? When you're not good enough to do it? What hope do we have? How can we really be persistent when we're just, we don't have it in us? Well, the good news is that Jesus didn't get tired or give up in expressing faith in God. In Luke chapter 23 and verse 44, we're told it was new, now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. We're told that Jesus in a desperate time, the most desperate time he is, he is literally dying, that Jesus, his dying breath is a prayer. See, Jesus did not give up on, he was persistent in his faith throughout his life. And even in his last breath, he was praying to God and being tenacious. You know, in Jesus' darkest hour, he still believed that despite all the evidence that God would bring justice, Jesus' last words were a prayer. Jesus was also consistent in seeking justice. We're, we're often not con consistent. We have our areas that we are really solid on, that we know what is right and what is wrong, but in other areas, we're totally messed up. But Jesus was consistent across the boards. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, we're told that uh, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And if you look at Jesus' life, this, he said this at the beginning of his ministry, and you look at his three and a half years on planet Earth, and he was consistent over and over and over again in proclaiming justice in just this way, working toward justice in this way. And so Jesus was consistent knowing what justice was. And finally, Jesus didn't believe in his own power to make things right. As hard as that is to imagine, I mean, if somebody, if somebody should believe in their own power to make things right, it would be Jesus, the creator of this broken world. But in John chapter 5, verse 3, Jesus says this, By myself, I can do nothing. The creator of the, the stars in the sky, he knew his limitations. By myself, I can do nothing, Jesus said. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus knew that it was only through the Father that he had the strength to be the person that he was. And so, because Jesus had faith and didn't give up, we too can have faith in the midst of trial and temptation and injustice. We have access to Jesus' faith. Jesus has done what we cannot do. Jesus has overcome in ways that we cannot, but the promise is because he has done this, we too have access to the power that he has. You can build faith through Jesus, and we do this through prayer. I mean, this passage, this parable is so simple, we don't even need the 30 minutes we're taking to talk about it. Jesus was clear, hey, faith comes as we pray. This seems a little bit circular, like you pray because you have faith and you get faith through prayer, but this is what Jesus tells us. Like this widow, she was consistent. She didn't give up. And Jesus is saying like, we need to have that same kind of persistence. And that persistence comes as we pray. As we pray, we get access to more faith. That's just the way it is. You build faith by praying. Will God find faithfulness? At the end, that was the existential question that Jesus asked, like after all of this. Here's this widow, widow, and she is tenacious. But Jesus' concern is that when he returns again, will he find faithfulness? Will anybody be praying still? (laughs) Or will everyone have given up because injustice doesn't seem to to come quickly enough? Or, Or will everybody be worrying about only their own ability to create justice? Will there be faithfulness when Jesus returns again? That is Jesus' great existential a question. And so, again, back to this idea that we gain faith through prayer, that we should be tenacious in prayer. This prayer gives us access, just like it gives God access to do things that he wouldn't normally have, have done. We give God access through prayer. Something happens when we pray. And prayer is easy. There's not a formula. We just cry out in our times of despair. Again, Jesus teaches us this on the cross in his most desperate time. He cries out to the Father. And so we too, we don't have to have some special formula for prayer. In fact, Jesus' model prayer founded in his great sermon is really pretty simple. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a simple prayer. Jesus teaches us that prayer is simple. Prayer is easy, and we should come to him in prayer asking for the faith that we don't have naturally or innately on our own. Having faith that comes from God and is outside of ourselves gives one power 
also to live without fear. Listen, it's a fearful time. There's so much going on in our broken world, but God doesn't want us to live with fear. Living fearlessly is the end result of a life of faith, and that faith comes from God as we ask Him, as we pray, as we are tenacious in continuing to come to Him. And so, a simple parable today, a simple truth about God's kingdom, that God is willing to give us faith, to give us encouragement in a broken time that we don't naturally have of ourselves. And God is able to actually empower us to be tenacious in coming to Him as we come to Him. Again, it seems circular, but it's simple. When you pray, when you pray, you become more tenacious for more of prayer. And so our hope resides in Jesus. In Jesus, you can live even despite the desperate times fearlessly because Jesus faced faced death. Actually, didn't just face death, he died. But then he came back from the dead. And you too can also live boldly, recognizing that not even death is able to stop God from bringing justice. I mean, if Jesus is able to come back from the dead, what, what can't happen? God is working toward justice, and he invites us to be people of justice as well, and we do this as we pray tenaciously to him like the widow who bugged the judge. And when you keep bugging the judge, God is empowered to do what he couldn't do or wouldn't do because of the principles of free will without us coming to him. And so may we, as a community in these desperate times, find our tenaciousness that comes from the God of the universe. We find that tenaciousness as we pray and seek him. May we do that. May we become people of prayer today in these desperate times. Amen.